Welcome to another episode of What's the Story, Unicorn and Glory? Thank you. Uh, my name is Tim, and with me, as always, are the best people on the planet, Jenna and the Alexes, both Anonymous and Alpha. How is everyone this week? Yeah. Alex reminded me I had desk candy, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm so emotionally drained, you guys. <laughs> okay, well, all right. I all right. bet. <laughs> so you have to you have to catch everybody up up to speed on why you're so emotionally. Drained. All right, guys. So uh, as we do, we hang out a little bit before we start recording, and uh, we were on the writer of Unicorns of Eleanor, Mary Stan's Wikipedia page because let's be real, I wanted to see if there were more things that she wrote because I just would like to read Unicorns of Valinor until I die. We found out that she actually wrote three episodes of Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders, which violently ripped me back to elementary school because I had owned the toys, but I did not know there was a show. And not only did we find a lot of information about the show, by the way, uh, I, I made some uh, pitches for Patreon. <laughs> um, there are people, there, there is a fan archive that is run for the show that is by two folk who have been into the show since they were children. And they have been not only friends since then, but into this show since then. Like the last update from this like archive thing was like in in march 2023 for context it is april 2023 when we're <laughs> recording this so i i have had and then they connected it to another book series called avalon web of magic that i also read as a child which leads me to believe that like a i think i might have knew these two when i was a child um and b i have never been as invested in a thing as these two have been into this cartoon series. And I am not saying this in any like, like poking fun at them way. I am so happy that there is, th that this has inspired this much joy and passion for these two. And it just, I'm full of feelings and I don't know what to do about them because I'm having violent nostalgia flashbacks. And I'm just, I'm so happy for these two random strangers who just really, really love Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders. And now I have to watch Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders. <laughs> I have to watch it. So this also led to uh, Alex, Anonymous Alex, reading reviews for another horse book series that was written by Mary Stanton, uh, which were kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, this uh this entire review is pretty interesting. Uh everybody loved the book Heavenly Horse Outermost West, which is a two-part series that uh that she wrote. 
and uh, it's literally got like so many five-star reviews and then one one-star review where the person is just like, I guess I'm going to be the lone dissenter here who hated this book. The tagline of this admittedly much longer than what I'm about to read view is this book has the same problem that most of Mary Stanton's other books on horses slash unicorns do namely that it condones slavery of one sapient race to another as being good, right and natural because the people ride the horses and the unicorns. And that, that led me to think of like, I don't know that I would quant me personally. I don't know that I would call that quantify that as, as slavery, but there was evidence of slavery in the last book series we read where the animals were digging the the hole the pit uh you're talking about book three of unicorns of balin or the valley of fear yeah yeah um good segue to like (laughs) (laughs) i am not the paul blard of podcasting uh so uh but i at no point did i ever feel like the book was pro uh slavery like i never sure got didn't. that read on no. it so i don't i don't really think i agree with that that guy's that that person's take on on the book series i felt like it it, it made it sound pretty pretty awful mm-hmm. pretty awful thing to do so um I, I i i don't know what that guy was reading uh speaking of which we don't have to address it right now but i've marked three individual passages that i needed us to address <laughs> um I didn't have any sticky notes, so it's just ripped up pieces from one of the bags <laughs> from my store. Because that's what I had on hand. We don't have to address it right now, but like I need these to be uh addressed. Well why don't we why don't we go ahead and recap the book then? Yes. Yeah. Please. Okay. I can make that happen. Atalanta approaches Numenor to inform him that the Sun Chaser's horn has been restored, and Numenor is very angry. Not about that. Just about different things. Uh, probably because he wasn't allowed to fight yet, according to Atalanta, who foresaw that they needed to go do something, but it do- it doesn't really matter. Basically, he's just mad because he can't get into a fight because Atalanta's like, no, we have to do a plan. And he's like, I hate plans. I'm only action. Anyways, their relationship seems weird. Cut to Lori bitching about uh, everything. Uh, she repeats multiple times she is homesick, which is fun because no one else on this journey could possibly be going through any difficult emotions except for Lori. And Ari and Chase ignore her and have a private conversation because they're like, oh my God, I hear bells tinkling nearby. They are not having a stroke. Eventually, Ari leaves, just gets up and leaves. And everybody's like, hey, f- fucking, where are you going? Well, not Chase. Chase knew where she was going. But I like, Lori's like, too. What the fuck? Yeah, Toby might have, but Lori's just like, what the fuck? Why are you like this? And uh, soon thereafter, Ari finds a source of the bell-like noise, and it is Atalanta, the dream speaker, come to her to give her the next part of her quest. They needed to go and find the royal scepter. There was only one way to restore Ari's magic and memories, and that was it. Atalanta also told her she must go find the great mare of the mountain. And, like, honestly, there was just a lot. Like, you would think, like, this would be, like, a voice fading, like, my time here is short, find the scepter. And, like, that's all she would get. But actually, it was, like, three pages of dialogue while she fades slowly into, like, dreams, I guess. Um, Anyways, they have their mission now. Eri meets back up with Lori, who is freaking out because the wolves are howling all around them in the woods. But it's actually just Dr. Bones with firewood and stuff. And she's bringing the wolves because they're cool. They're actually cool. And they're called cool things, like... Tig and fig and stuff. 
And as it turns out, all animals are good and are banned from hunting each other, and they eat only berries and bugs and stuff. Except, in the Sun Chaser's absence, some of them went feral and their conscience slipped away. And when it was restored to them, when his horn was restored, they were like, actually, fuck this, we're still going to eat meat. And now Sun Chaser is mad, because that's not how his kingdom is wrong. Uh, but the other good news is that there is a meeting coming up, and everyone's invited, and Ares like, hey, let's let's go. I ha- Sun Chaser gets a plus one to this party, which is also just weird in and of itself that that's a concept here. And Ares like, let's go. And Dr. Bones is like, I'm coming. And Ares like, no, you're old. Uh, Dr. Bones is pissed. She orders her to stay. Uh, they all head back towards the village in. They cut off. Ares and Chase leave to go to this cool meeting. It's also happening right now. Like everything in this book, it's also just happening right now. On the way there, they are having a beautiful trail ride. They decide to book it so they can get there to greet everyone. But unfortunately, they are being tailed by a snake, a giant snake. And as they reach the edge of the forest where this meeting is taking place, the thing drops out of this tree and wraps around Chase's neck, and Aerie pulls out her dad's tiny knife and tries to stab it. And eventually what happens is Chase is getting fully choked out, so he hurls his body against this tree and stuns the thing. And it plays dead, so Aerie's like, I'm gonna go stab this dead snake. But as she goes to do it, its eyes snap open and it threatens her, and like then they just let it go. They're like, this is probably fine. Let the snake go. So this meeting starts to happen. All of these animals start showing up. There's foxes and deers and three adorable bears. And finally, an old but regal lion who we find out is an advisor to Chase. And then they just start this meeting and everybody's like, hey, there's just been all this terrible shit happening. And like all these people went feral and now they don't want to come back. Uh, There's two foxes who are kind of the stars of the show here named Dill and Basil. And they decide to raise an army like they're going to go fight the shifter. And then a boulder interrupts them. This boulder unfurls into an ancient unicorn with white hairs coming out of her ears and a mustache of whiskers and a terrible sway back. And this is the old mare of the mountain, the other thing that that Atalanta said they had to do. And then she drops some bars on them and it goes, six shall find the scepter royal, the quick, the smart, the brave, the loyal. Of humans there shall be but two, one young and whose past is new. Of six you go, two wait to learn, three of six shall not return. So with that ominous message, they're like meeting over. They spend a night in the woods. I assume doing a wild rumpus thing, but they don't put that in the book. So anyways, they go back to town. Ari drops this prophecy and tells Lori she has to go because she's one of the two, obviously. And then there's this sudden perspective shift to Lori, who's like just getting shit for not paying the bills, not having a good time, thinking about how this rich lady is her only friend, even though she's clearly evil. Lori doesn't think she's evil. It's just clear that she is evil in the book. And then Samlet comes out and is like, hey, the, like, you should be better at this. You should be working. The royal princess shouldn't have to do your shit. And she's like, actually, fuck you, Samlet. And uh, Lori starts, like, screaming all of the things she shouldn't be saying in the yard. Uh, and so then, like, this weird, the weird fucking evil lady, Lady Kylie? Kylie. Kyrie? Kylie. Okay, there we go. She shows up and she's like, what do you mean, royal princess and information, sensitive information that I shouldn't know? Then Toby shows up and Toby's like just getting into a weird fight with Lady Kylie and then sends her on her way. And Lori's like just mad that she's been interrupted and doesn't have a friend and nobody likes her friend and all that shit. They head out immediately, much to Lori's bitching because Lori wants to go talk to Lady Kylie again. And uh, we only know that that she was able to sneak off and talk to her because she suddenly has money in a dress but she's still being like, I'm mad I didn't get to stay with my friend. But she did get to see her. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I remember this clearly and I still don't know. Anyway, Samlet takes them by carriage. Toby's pulling it. They head out to meet the foxes who are the other part of the prophecy. 
And then Lori is hearing about Dill and is like, is he a hot boy? And Ari is like, well, he has beautiful hair. Dill's and the, Lori's Dill's like, the girl. okay, so Basil's the one. Yeah, I was very confused and annoyed by that because I felt like it should have been reversed. Basil is the one that she thought was hot. It doesn't matter. She finds out he's a fox in a literal sense. And then they jump into the carriage and it becomes a whole thing because then Lori freaks out that there's fucking foxes in this carriage. Um, anyways, uh, Dill is going to be their guide to uh, Demon Hell Mountain Way, which is about how they name everything. And so they they head on this weird ass journey. By morning, they make it to the port where they see the ship, the Dawnwalker and Captain Treadwell, who will take them to Hell Mountain's Demon Gate spawn or whatever. And Toby and Samlet say goodbye. And they go on board because the prophecy says only them. And they're legit just like, we can only do the prophecy. Um, we go back to the ruse of Aerie being the late maid to Lori. And then the foxes, Aerie, Lori, Link, and Chase, the prophecy ones, set sail and make it to the lands of the Shifter. They journey up the mountain where we find everyone but Chase gets cold. Because, of course, as they go up, up, up from the ice fields, it gets freezing cold in winter and all that shit. And as they come back down, all of a sudden they're walking into this lava field where there's this super hot ground that they have to walk on a very specific path and it can change all the time. So they have to feel with their bare feet along this thing. And so they're doing this, like, crazy fire walk. And Lori just, like, has a full-on meltdown and Chase is like, just fucking throw her up here. I will take her. And there's an argument about that because she's going to make it harder for Chase to evade the fire, but she gets thrown up anyways. And when they get to the other side of it, which they do, uh, Chase's hooves are burned as shit. So that didn't go well. Uh, but now they're carrying on. And this is when we get to the pit, the terrible pit. As they walk past this pit, there are all of the shadow unicorns guard, not all, there's a few shadow unicorns guarding it. And uh, there are all sorts of animals that are pulling carts and digging and clearly enslaved. And that's when we get the the view of Dill's neck where like the sudden like fringe that she had around there made it super obvious that she was once enslaved in this pit. And that is why she knows the way. Uh, but they pass it with some quick thinking on their feet and lying to the unicorns about having a terrible contagious disease. And they make it to the castle. Which is empty because the unicorns of the valley have created a merry distraction where all of the shifter unicorns are chasing them across the valley. So they just mosey on in and kind of find the scepter, which is being held by Lady Kylie. That's right. She betrayed them the whole time. It turns out that was Ares' mom's best friend and she sold them out to become a snake person for the shifter and took the scepter and they fight her and they recover the scepter. And then they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. Rightfully so. But as they're running out and passing this pit again, Lori books it into the pit and Ari and Chase end up tumbling down after her and suddenly they're on the other side of the gap. That's right. They're the ones who didn't make it back. Dun, dun, dun. So I, I, I am, I'm just, I'm really upset that all the listeners at home did not, they, they got Alex's brilliant recap. What they didn't get was the play that Alpha Alex was performing <laughs> for us, acting out each of these scenes uh, as though she were a snick. <laughs> <laughs> and now the, the 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 wolves are fighting. I I, I don't know. I, I'm hey, trying to this translate. This records video. Oh, yeah. That could be Patreon content. <laughs> nice. It's it's so like I I stop my like 
I always want to like jump in with like because I'm that person. So like if I do something obnoxious <laughs> with my hands, then it won't pick up on the audio and people won't be like, can Alpha Alex just like shut up for like five seconds? <laughs> like it's please uh, don't. If I move please with never. my hands, then I will shut up. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still angry that the fox's names being Dill and Basil were like reversed. I was like, Basil, Basil should be the name of the girl, and Dill should be the name of the boy. I don't I know why. Him Basil. I don't know why I'm so I, yeah. convinced about this, but like, I did pronounce it Basil. Also. Yeah. It just basil. felt very English. Yeah. I mean, look, it, this is going to be an Eliane, Elaine, Dr. Bones <laughs> thing again. Bones. <laughs> Bones. I'm just surprised that this pronunciation, when I went with the American one, now you guys are coming at me for not going English with it. Like, what's happening? I just, everything in Balinor feels like it should be it should have a, an, a like not british accent but it should be pronounced the british way yeah because it's like old with an e on everything yeah so it's like hey uh hand me some of their tomatoes like, <laughs> like everybody speaks with like an american accent but using english pronunciation yeah that's my fantasy i want to live in that place <laughs> I don't think I do. I think I would just sit there and cringe the whole time. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance with that yeah. for me. I need to get some of that aluminium foil. <laughs> yeah. Like that. And then you just pronounce the H in herbs. Also, again, I am repeatedly convinced that Mary Stanton had a friend named Kylie who, like, Mm-hmm. dated her ex or something and they had a huge falling out so she had yeah. to write kylie the way that she is written in unicorns of balinor because you don't get like the names and and how like fantasy based everything is and then just like and kylie <laughs> that's exactly why i fuck it up every time because i'm always like no it's Kyrie because that's like a fantasy-esque so I always want to replace it. Nope. And it's like, no, it's just Kylie. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, there's. you will not convince me that Mary Stan did not used to have a friend named Kylie and they yeah. do not speak anymore. My brain likes to sometimes like imagine things in comic book format. And every time I imagine her coming into the frame, it's like, and this bitch. <laughs> that's just, that's the bubble above it. That's a very like distinct, like... Everybody actually has a pretty distinct way that they look in the book to me, which I'm surprised because there's not like a whole lot of time dedicated to describing them, except yeah. for uh, how sweaty and warm Sun Chaser is all the time. <laughs> all the time. Like, they're literally like, we're going up the demon mountain and everything is cold, but inexplicably sun chaser is standing there literally steaming and i'm like so slick it's like why no why you will not convince me that the first draft of unicorns of valinor did not involve some kind of like weird romance subplot you will not convince me i'm not convinced this one doesn't have it (laughs) i know (sighs) there's an alternate cut 
that has like one of those old timey like romance novel covers and it's like you know the dude with like his shirt open and his hair blowing in the wind but it's just like the head of a unicorn (laughs) (laughs) i am fairly certain at least this is my head canon do y'all remember that gnome that 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 we talked about last book series that I made up that got skewered by by uh, yeah. Chase and it yeah. was stuck on the horn. <laughs> yeah. He's still there. Oh. He's still there riding Chase around in my head, Ken. Yeah. Chase is like, it no, just, don't remove him. <laughs> yeah. He's still making smart ass comments <laughs> like the whole time. <laughs> like, why is it so hot? <laughs> We're on a freezing mountain and it's so hot because of this unicorn. It somehow skewered him perfectly to miss all of his vital organs. Yep. Mm -hmm. But the horn is like holding all the blood in too. (laughs) Yeah. If you remove him, he'll die. Yeah. When you said last series, I immediately was like, what in the saddle club inspired us to talk (laughs) about gnomes? Did I say series? I meant meant book. Actually, I want that. I want somebody to write that fan fiction for me. The story of the gnome that stuck to Chase. I, there's got to be unicorns of Balinor fan fiction. I don't oh, want to. Sure lo- I don't want to look that up, unless unless it is Toby and Laurie Carmichael <laughs> solving crimes in Balinor. If that's not the series, I don't want to read it. It is every bit the the series that you just were afraid of. It's 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 Arya Chase. That's yeah. Mm. Wait, probably want to stay away from that wait, one. Wait, are you looking it up now? Yeah, no, of course oh, I am. No, are you? <laughs> yeah. There's an X-Men crossover, the Dracorn and the Wolverine. Tell me that Wolverine turns into a unicorn that can extend and retract his <laughs> <horn>. <laughs> He's got a Schnick. adamantium horn. <laughs> like, he, he pulls it, so. and it goes like every time, please. <laughs> oh, apparently we take a Harry Potter turn in the middle here, too. <laughs> Interesting. And there's vampires and werewolf care. Okay. I mean, in fairness, they, they have agreed that rabies is still in Balinor. So who says yeah. that, you know, mutants and wizards are not also canon? Actually, I that's what I would prefer. I'd want, I want my unicorns to just walk around looking like horses until it's like, you know, it's clobbering time <laughs> or some shit. And then they, their, their horns just extend out. I'm sorry. May I add something? Yes. The X-Men series that they chose to place this in, there's a couple, but one of them is X-Men Days of Future Past. Like the comic or the movie remake? Uh, I'm unsure from the tags. Okay. <laughs> or the, but I assume the... movies because it says X-Men movies, X-Men Last Stand, X-Men Days of Future Past. Well, if it was Last what? Stand, I mean, Last Stand was like 2000... This is updated in 2020. Are you kidding me? No. What? I I I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to know who wrote that. Horse guardian. Horse horse guardian. Is One that word. is that what is that Alpha Alex's screen name? For fan fiction, is that what it, I'm... I'm gonna tell you right now, if it is not a Law and Order-esque crime serial <laughs> with Laurie Carmichael and Toby solving Balinor unicorn crimes, oh it my is God. not my work. The prologue is a sonfic to Kiss from a Rose. 
What? I am deceased. <laughs> <sighs> okay, sorry. Why apologize for art? <laughs> Guys, I, I also want to point out that we have spent just as much time talking about the non-canonical fanfiction as we have talking about book three. <laughs> yeah. I gotta come up with a name for the gnome. You gotta figure out the correct nomenclature. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a good gnome-based podcast title. Uh, nomenclature. nomenclature. Yeah, with a G. I love it perfect i don't know like it would be me on the podcast just saying i don't really know shit about gnomes i didn't think this through all the way and then every now and then i just walk through and go are you still fucking talking about gnomes Stop it. <laughs> it'd be one episode 48 I, I, seconds i don't know man that's world's most popular podcast right there it's a short yeah. easy listen yeah. everyone's happy everybody listens to it's like the podcast wasn't much but damn that's a good title <laughs> And then you make money because people go, I want to do a gnome podcast, but I want to buy that name. Because <laughs> yeah. so many people are probably just sitting out, I want to do a gnome podcast. If I ever take over the horse quiz, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a gnome quiz. I would probably do way better at that. <laughs> <laughs> the second that we take real things out of the equation, I am so much better at remembering things. Hey, Tim, do you want to do you want to do the quiz next time? Uh, yes, it, it, that was really a goof. It won't be about gnomes. Oh, okay. But I will absolutely do Damn. the quiz. Yeah. You're more than welcome to do the quiz. Oh, I will. Next time? <laughs> sure. Fuck, maybe I will do it about I gnomes. I am so intrigued. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know what? Gnomes are back on the table. I'll do it about gnomes. Okay. I can't fucking wait. I gotta start. I gotta, I gotta start preparing. Make myself a note. I don't have post-it notes just laying around. So, so what you do make. is you rip up a bag from my store and use it. Because <laughs> that's what I did. Uh, and the first thing that I marked literally has a note. Why am I so stupid? Why is this funny? Um, which is uh, on page 64 right before chapter 7. I don't know why, but this gag is so tired. It's so old and it still makes me laugh every time. Which is... Uh, of course, and the young human. Oh, Chase, Lori absolutely will not go. She'll think we're out of our minds. Chapter seven. You're out of your mind, Lori yelled. <laughs> it's such a tired gag, but it's so funny. It gets me every time. It, it does. It's such a cheap bit, but oh my God. I love it so much. No, it's perfect. Um, there was a note that I put here that I will find in a reference because uh, it just says uh, vegetarian propaganda. Um, <laughs> and then this one, which says uh, it, it has the highlighted and Carmichael's always pay their bills and has George R.R. R. Martin uh, with, with, with question marks <laughs> afterwards. Uh, and then a note to myself uh, that is before uh, Horse Girls recording, uh, look up when Song of Ice and Fire was written. So we're going to pretend uh, that I did that uh, and did not totally forget that. Anonymous Alex is just going to cut that in right there. 1994. But... Yeah, then I, I can't, because it came to the realization that 
Unicorns of Valinor has answered the Pokemon question. Like, can you eat Pokemon when they're very clearly sentient? Like, they, they, like, we know in the Pokemon world that people do, because, like, Slowpoke Tales were a thing in, like, the second <laughs> game, and, like, they talk about eating Magikarp. Like, it's very clear that people, it's literally the Pokedex that Farfetch'd is hunted because it comes with its own side dish. Like, it, it's very clear. But a lot of people are like, well, there has to be like a strong vegetarian movement in the Pokemon universe for the plants that are, you know, also critters. Unicorns of Valinor has answered that for us with everyone is vegetarian. And if you are not vegetarian, you are committing crimes. Yeah. I also like how specific they were that the ferrets had turned. <laughs> like, Because all ferrets are evil. Like, they were, like, the cougars and the ferrets. And I'm like, that's specific. The the feral ferrets is a really good title for something. A I don't band. know. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it could be a band. A sports team. The first yeah. episode of the Toby Lori <laughs> Carmichael Cross. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. The case of the feral ferrets. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Mm. How how old is Laurie Carmichael? Thirteen. Thirteen. I really want Laurie Carmichael to do like the opening voiceover, but in grizzled old cop speak. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> so like it was Monday, rain. I had gotten onto my beat after getting a crappy cup of coffee from the downtown diner. There, like, wasn't even a Starbucks. It was awful. So, like, I meet up my partner, Toby. He's the first to arrive at the corpse. Like, it's, <laughs> it's perfect. It's, it's everything I need in life. <sighs> so good. Also, I just like how Laurie Carmichael is the physical embodiment of the meme of the picture of the raven that is, I will sell you to Satan for one corn chip. <laughs> she really is. I just, I love her so much. I love, I love, she's, she and Toby are my favorite characters. I love them so. <laughs> I feel like if I was in a room with her, I, I would accidentally, not accidentally, punch her right in the face until she blacked out. Um... And make sure nobody saw it. But just reading her on the page, man, I fucking love it. <laughs> I I also love the idea. Now we're going back to the cop show again. I love <laughs> the idea of the things that would upset Laurie Carmichael versus like like this horrendously mutilated body. And it's just like nothing to her. <laughs> but the Starbucks not being in town. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. that's the thing that she she cannot tolerate. No. Atalanta Bucks. <laughs> Atalanta Bucks. Oh my God. <laughs> Write that down. That's a t shirt if I ever heard one. Yes. All right. I will draw this for t shirt designs, but Mary Stan, you can't sue me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I already called it No Susie's. <laughs> Mary Stan's listening to this just like, damn it. <laughs> oh, she had to call it. She must have been to law school. <laughs> exactly how Mary Stan will find this instead of just Google search terms and SEO that leads her to the product. <laughs> so I, I can't imagine Mary Stan spends a lot of time Googling unicorns of Valinor in the year of our Lord 2023. 
What else does she have to do? She's been retired for a decade. I I also just want to point out that there was Hank Unicorns Lighting. of Balinor X-Men fanfic written in 2020. So I don't yeah. think it's really that odd that... That's what Mary Stanton is doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's horse guardian. Yeah, she's horse guardian. <laughs> oh what my if God. she's like... She's just like being forced to watch like x-men with one of her stepkids and this was their bonding activity and she's like i liked that show you know what can make it better my own properties <laughs> so i've also like I, I need i need to find this as like a reference point but i remember when i was a little kid i had a very distinct image in my mind of what the shifter looked like and it was a digimon <laughs> um i know that that's very specific but like I had this idea in my head that he was that Entia normally looked like the Digimon that looks like it's wearing sunglasses and a onesie. So Alex. <laughs> oh, perfect! First try. Which one was it? It his. I'm trying to find what he's called. Uh, Edamon, which is probably where I got Entia from. But in my mind, that's what Entia the Shifter looked like. I don't know why. I, I, need I love it. Yeah. It's just a thing you guys now know about this me. This is better than anything I could have ever imagined, he's, actually. He's very much saying, hey. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the vibe that I get from this. He looks like a rebranded Chester Cheetah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, accurate. Like, back accurate. when they tried to do in 2000s and made them all, like, cool rappers, and they all had to, like, dress like they were in Limp <laughs> Biscuit. Like... That's apparently in my mind what Entia the Shifter looks like. Does he ha- does he carry a small yellow bunny with him? Uh, it's a little bear. Oh, it's a it's a small what? yellow bear. Yeah. So very different. Clearly clearly different. Little osito. Yeah. I don't I I feel like if you're you're going to make a unicorn series of eight books and it's going to have a villain in it, your villain needs to be slightly more intimidating. Than Aldi Branchester cheetah. <laughs> I feel like you need to aim a little higher. So, so what is it that's throwing you off about this, as far as intimidation is concerned? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. You wake up in the night, and that's standing over your bed. <laughs> I, I, I am instantly very concerned. <laughs> he just looks at you. Hey, like I, I yeah, I don't. Because if don't. it's the bear, uh, may I direct you to Bane? He definitely is is giving me a PSA. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like Smokey the Bear level PSA. Like, Stay in school, like, kids. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's Be cool the, like me. Only you can keep evil unicorns patrolling <laughs> the fiery fields. <laughs> By not challenging my reign. Actually, that's the t-shirt that I want. <laughs> it's just <laughs> cool unicorn face with his little hooves doing finger guns. He's just, yeah, he's just doing this. <laughs> Listeners, for context, since this is audio media, you cup your hands like little hooves and then you try to finger guns with them. He's got to be standing next to the fire risk sign and it's like high and that's where his little hooves are kind of. <laughs> it's like a carnival. It's like a carnival ride. You must be this close to burning up to cross this area. Except it's Unicorn Valley threat level <laughs> that he's like pointing to. Guys, I just revealed that I, as a child, as a child, thought that the biggest scariest thing I could imagine was like Naniman. 
from Digimon. Um, I I got nothing more for this episode. Like, there's no more dark, like, exposure of my soul I can do other than that. It, it, mm. This one is not Nanimon? Or this one is Nanimon? That's Nanimon. Well, no. That's Nanimon. So if this was the scariest thing to you, I can't imagine how you would have reacted had you actually come across something scary. Uh, like, probably just sat there stone-faced and been like, uh, whatever. I'm not afraid of you, Dracula, <laughs> or whatever. And then Nonima walks in and you're like, ah, and then run out of the room. All right, so when... When this when when this series on Digimon came out and Unicorns of Balinor came out, I was seven. I I had askew priorities at seven. <laughs> <laughs> I fractured my foot once trying to escape my dad cleaning my face with a warm washcloth. <laughs> oh my god, that is the most kid thing that ever has ha- ever happened. He he always like buffed my face like he was trying to get something out of a car like he was trying to get a yeah, dent and out of a car. Yeah, and in the 90s those fucking washcloths were not soft. We didn't have soft washcloths. We had the fucking dollar tree ones and that's it. Those were sold everywhere. But like I had been trying to escape and my dad like had me cornered and my only options were go further into the dead end or leap off the top of our staircase. Oh my god. And I chose flight. <laughs> so that makes me feel better. Because I assumed it was something like you had watched one of those movies where somebody like breaks their thumb to escape from handcuffs. <laughs> so you're like, this is how I get out and just stomped your foot really hard to break a bone. And you're like, hold on, I didn't math this one out correctly. <laughs> I thought I could fly away from my problems. <laughs> and so I fractured my foot. I remember blacking out and imagining the scene from Aladdin where they're on the carpet and then I came to screaming and watching my dad sprint down the stairs and my mom come out of the kitchen going, what happened? And then I remember being at the hospital and I remember nothing else. Oh my goodness. I don't think I was seven. I think I was a little older. No, I was younger. If I was older, that would have been sad. <laughs> yes. this was I think I was like three six. weeks ago. I think it was like a, it was like a year before I was seven. I think, dear dad, when did I break my foot <laughs> attempting to escape my face being washed? You can't see it right now, but Alex is wearing a walking boot. <laughs> the best part about this for me is that when you tell me stories about your childhood, I just input my childhood home. As you're telling the story. So I imagined very clearly the exact staircase that you jumped down. I was like, oh shit, that hurt. Like not not registering. This isn't what you're talking about. No, there is lived a different life. There is an alternate universe where the three of us all met in kindergarten and were just the weirdest. Oh my God. Tim would have come in later because I, I, I don't, Tim, I don't think you were hanging out in elementary schools at the same no, time we were. No, I was. I'm Thank goodness. Old. Yeah. Uh, I, so we didn't have stairs in my house growing up. So in my head canon, it's just Alex jumping from room to room. (laughs) (laughs) Catch me now, Dad! (laughs) Like a child Riddler? (laughs) (laughs) Riddle me this, Father. Can you wash my face while I'm at the hospital? It's just just wearing a little onesie that's all question marks all over it. What has a dirty face and one foot? It is I, father. <laughs>
her little bowler oh hat God. and cane too. <laughs> her dad's like, "Come on, I gotta take that little purple. I gotta clean that little purple mask off your face." The problem is, is I'm gonna send this episode to my dad, and he's gonna like text me and be like, "Alex, you were 12." <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm so scared that's going to be what happens. <laughs> Alex was a little feral 12-year-old. Like, her dad's like, I got I to gotta clean your face. And she's just like, argh, argh, argh. I had I had joined the hunt. I was on the side of the shifter. <laughs> I've tasted flesh now, father. I mean, look, I would share cans of dog food and dog biscuits with my dog under the dining room <laughs> table. So, like. Yeah, man, we all did that. Yeah. You break the little bo- cookie in half and give half to your dog and then yeah. gnaw on the other one? Exactly. But you couldn't do it I... with soft treats because those were gross. <laughs> Too salty. Gross. So salty. Salty and like bone meal flavor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were all gross. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, milk bones were fine. Yeah, milk bones no, were no, fine. Still gross. They milk... tasted like health food. They were not, disgusting. Not like the gravy ones. Those were not good. Milk bones. Fine. <laughs> not the gravy ones. Milk bones no. tasted like health food yeah like what like whole they foods are you going to <laughs> this is false sir it's the one in east cob <laughs> oh, damn it they were sugary delicious treats and then there was everything else that they just told me was vegetables or whatever that i didn't like and milk bones tasted like i didn't like it so they got lumped in with that so i, I think i think that someone um Someone told you that healthy food was somebody like presented something to you and said it was very healthy for you and you and it ate it and, and you didn't realize that what they were actually handing you was in fact dog food. It might have been. Might have been. Would not surprise me. Would not surprise me. As opposed to healthy food as I was slash am still now. Like I was just programmed wrong at a young age. That sounds correct. Yeah. I also want to be very clear. My parents were very attentive, loving parents. I was just a gremlin. <laughs> like, they did their very best. They it tried. It sounds like you were a Batman villain. <laughs> so, like, I... Riddle me this, father. <laughs> Your favorite character in comic books is Batman. I bet you didn't expect to get a member of the rogues gallery as your own flesh and blood. I have hidden the keys to your car. (laughs) The best thing about that is that the greatest riddle you ever pulled was that you saved your parents' life by not being the Batman of the story. It's true. Yeah, you did do that. So he should thank you. Yeah, he should. I am so selfless. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Like, if, if the, the webcam just pans over, like, a few more inches, we'll see that she never grew out of that Riddler face. <laughs> like, the Riddler costume is still hanging in the in the closet. There's the one coat jokes. rack in the background with the hat just hanging off. In the War of Jokes and Riddles, the Riddler is ripped, and I'm still upset oh, about it. I am, too. Why is he so fine? He should not be ripped. He should not. Like, they just showed, like, him in a jacket. He's taking off the jacket, and he's just got, like, every fucking ab. And you're like, but why, though? Like, he looks Did Tom like- King tell him to do that? <laughs> I don't... They, like, they're making the Joker ripped, too, and it's like, hey, guys. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> we don't need this. And we certainly don't need it about two characters that I'm going to tell you. Physical prowess, never a part of their, like, no canon. No. 
There are already a disturbing amount of people who are attracted to the Joker, and I don't need more. I don't need more in this world. Although that that Stefan Shayek, uh Harley is good. Oh, uh, yeah. He did a Harley mini series. Oh yes, good. I think it was Harley. Was it called Harleen? Yes. Yeah. That creator just has the most gorgeous art. Oh yes, 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 yes. I got Sunstone recommended to me, and I'm <gasps> like, this is so you beautifully got it. drawn. Yeah. Anybody who's listening at home, it is a sexy time book. So if you're not into that, don't read it. But it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, the creator. If you want to find other other part like other works that this creator has done, please do. Their art is yes. amazing. Yeah, but like they're arguably most well known for Sunstone. Yes, <laughs> from back in the Deviant Art days. Isn't that how they found Art Germ? I think so. Welcome to the Horse Girls podcast, where we talk about scholastic <laughs> books, and then Jenna and Alex go on a tangent about comic books. <laughs> and Alex weirdly reveals dark stuff about her childhood that I don't know the general public needs to know. If you think that that is dark, then my God, ma'am. <laughs> Wait, that she was she grew up a Batman villain? Yes, that's dark. It'll be this, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> There's like 100% she's blown up a building. <laughs> Like, I'm just okay. saying. It's happened. Yeah, but it's like an old-timey bank that nobody was in. <laughs> it's like, that yeah. I walked past with, like, a it's big a sack town. on <laughs> over my shoulder. Has... Nobody even owns it anymore, Tim. It's fine. Actually, I just want that now. I just want Alex to creep around with a big money bag, like, over her shoulder. What do you mean creep? She's doing that tiptoe walk, like, like, across the screen. Ding, 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 ding. Dragon going to be so fun this year, you guys. It's just gonna be a bunch. It's just gonna be a, a lot of me doing stupid shit to make y'all laugh, and then a, a bunch of people who are not in on the jokes being like, "Should we call security about this, this person?" Alpha Alex is gonna cosplay as younger Alpha Alex. <laughs> just a, just a cast on yeah. her foot. Yeah, <laughs> we'll all I'm sign it throughout the day. <laughs> I'm wearing like a I'm wearing a walking cast and like one of those like cheap Target Barbie polyester nightgowns. Oh my god! And my hair oh. is just like matted because I was a feral child and I have a half-empty can of dog food. And then throughout the day, we'll just like grab a washcloth slowly out of our pockets and hold it up. <laughs> I'm coming for you. It's warm. <laughs> I don't know why it's warm is so threatening. Oh. <laughs> hey, look, I, I take this over the fairy fingers any day. I, I do. <laughs> I do want to. <laughs> I do want to have at least one panel at Dragon Con where I don't even care what panel it is and I don't care what the topic is. I just want Alpha Alex to interpretive dance it out <laughs> as, as whatever's mentioned. <laughs> It's like, so the sign language interpreter that we got for this panel, unfortunately, <laughs> is sick. We don't know what to do. And I'm like, it's my time to shine. <laughs> I've been I waiting shall, for this moment. I've got this. I shall mood dance my way through this panel. <laughs> this dance is universal. And it's going to be something like really intricate. Like it's going to be like the sociopolitical impact yes. of Kingpin in the, in the Daredevil comics. Oh, and I'm just going to be sitting there like... Figuring out how to like interpretive dance the concept of socio political strife. 
all of this happens and you're like, I'm going <laughs> to... Oh, it's, it's a hula. It's definitely just... a hula. But uh, uh, all of this is going to go down. That exact conversation is going to happen. You're going to be like, great. And they'll be like, it's on the science track. And like, oh, oh no. They're going to use a bunch of words I don't understand. Yeah. Like, yeah. God, no. it's going to be on an ornithology panel and I'm going to be in the crowd like, that doesn't even look like a ring neck fancy. <laughs> God! <laughs> I'm going to be trying to like mimic it, mimic an egret walk and you have Alex in the background like, that's a heron, Alex. <laughs> that pause says you're in water, obviously. So Unicorns of Balinor, uh, yeah. book, continues to be surprisingly well made uh still a little concerned about the weird over- undertones with 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 sun chaser and ariana uh laurie carmichael and toby uh, continue to be my favorite characters i'm just waiting for dr bones to lay kylie out i'm just 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 oh one good one good hook i i love that like that right there like we should just put in the notes like if you want to hear an actual review of the book just skip to minute 57 because <laughs> uh, it's a long way to get there otherwise and then, like, right there is where we'll go into horse news. That'll be the entire Unicorns of Valinor portion of the podcast. <laughs> I loved this episode. Did you guys remember you were supposed to be talking about this book series? <laughs> what book series? <laughs> what? Married books? Fun fact, though, I've actually told one of my part-timers, who's a very good friend of mine, I'm like, yeah, I'm lending you these books afterwards, because, like, they're actually really good. And her fiancé is like, I want to reread them. And I was like, <laughs> nice. Here you go, buddy. Nice, nice. Finally, someone, to talk to. someone I can send book eight and book eight to. <laughs> <laughs> they can have their very own copies. Yes. I thought you were just going to build a little fort. I have, kind of. I just keep stacking them up. <laughs> You're starting a, a book eight chain letter? It's like, here you've received seven copies of book eight. Please send six copies of book eight on or else bad things will happen to you. Within three days, pass Within three days, yeah. along, or you'll have bad luck for two years. And you can't mm-hmm. send it back to the person that sent it to you. Mm-mm. Doesn't count. Or you'll wake up and Nani Mon is standing over your bed. <laughs> oh. Hey. <laughs> I legitimately have no idea why this was what was in my head as Entia the Shifter. I don't know. I I legitimately have no idea as to why. (laughs) Flashback to Alex eating Cheetos reading this book series. (laughs) As she ominously flips the page and just hears the dun 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 dun. It's a Digimon theme song. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, I'm trying to trying to finish it, trying to finish it. Digimon, like, is this another digital circus monsters, thing? Digimon, or the champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. So, what do you have in unicorn news, Alex? I have horse news. Okay. Horse news. Okay, so it's now become my personal goal to when we have anybody on here who are not Jen or Tim find news that is good and is hard. It's much harder than finding news that is bad. <laughs> But I did it. I did it. So this is just very, very cool news. So the University of Wyoming, there is a student there that uh, is working or just earned her bachelor and master's degree. Her name is Cassidy Thornhill. Great name. She has. Oh, sorry. Great name. I, 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 sorry. You said great name and then Tim and Jenna both shook their heads. No. And I was like, should I not have said Cassidy Thornhill? No, it's. 
it sounds like a horse girl name. Yeah, my is, brain was yeah. immediately like, that is the most horse girl name that ever yeah. horse girled. Yeah. It, it sounds like the lead character of a book series. Yeah, okay, well, she should be because she's fucking amazing. Uh, so she was doing an analysis of 17th century horse remains in southwest Wyoming. And she discovered that the uh, native peoples there, the indigenous people, were actually riding horses a thousand years earlier than previously thought. So literally 1500s. They thought it was like 1650 they got there. 1500s. They were riding around the Rocky Mountains. So. You and I had this conversation. Did we? Yes. The... I was telling you about the person that I was arguing with about horse. Yeah, don't worry about it. But yes. Fuck yeah. This is Jenna news now. Fuck this. This is Jenna news. No, no it's not. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it was. this was just very cool. This is, I was very glad. So they, it clearly happened earlier, but I guess like now it's, it's just in the past few days become like the common accepted storyline of it. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited about this, guys. Oh, that's awesome. It is awesome. It is super awesome. That's delightful horse news, though. Uh, it's way better than all it. the other news. Uh, also, for context, uh, it's Edamon, not Nanimon. Yeah. Nanimon looks like... <laughs> yeah, No, Edamon, because Nanimon looks like what happens if Pac-Man and Zangief uh, fused. A round, yellow Russian guy? What? Oh, hold on. Hold on. So I'm not going to lie. When you first said Pac-Man and Zangief, I was like, that's a weird description. And now she sent a picture of Nanimon. And let me tell you, that is a 100% accurate description. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, it's fucking perfect. Wow. He's not wearing pants. He's not. That beard is the only thing covering it. Yeah. That's... I'm going to see that in my sleep later, and I hate it. <laughs> no, that's when you'd be really upset if it woke up and this guy was... Oh, yeah, no, that's... Yeah. I really want to know what that guy sounds like when he talks. Did Digimon talk? Yes, okay. Digimon talk. Mm-hmm. Do they Digimon just... talk like normal. They don't talk like Pokemon do, oh, where okay. they just say their name. Okay. 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 The gnome that is skewered... On Chase's horn, no. looks exactly like this Nanimon. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, so Edamon is the shifter, mm-hmm. which is probably where I got it because Edamon and Tia. I'm yeah. certain there was some kind of word association. And Nanimon is the gnome yeah. skewered on <laughs> Chase's horn. Yes. All right. So somewhere there is, if there's an X Men. Unicorns of Balinor crossover fiction. Then somewhere there is a Digimon Unicorns of Balinor crossover fan fiction. This could pass as an X-Men character for me. Like you could have told me that was a character from the X-Men series and I'd be like, yeah, I could see that. Except for the whole no pants thing. That's just really unsettling. Okay, horse quiz. Horse quiz. Horse quiz. Let's do it. All right. Are you ready? Yes. For horse number one. Mm-hmm. Horse number one is the protagonist of their own book and the 1982 English language Japanese film based on it. English Japanese film? English, English language, language Japanese, Japanese film. film. Okay. Okay, so I think this has got to be not a real horse. He's got to be like a literature horse, right? Well, this was a book, so yes. 
Yeah, so like a made up ass horse. Sea biscuit, the made up ass horse. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a stand right now. Sea biscuit was fucking fiction. I am of the I am of the belief that Sea biscuit is a hoax. Sea <laughs> biscuit is not real. Sea biscuit's not real. Sea biscuit is told to frighten children. <laughs> he knows when you are sleeping, and he knows when you're awake. And he will be able to chase you down with his enormous heart. Krampus comes riding in on Sea Biscuit. <laughs> okay, let's have another clue. Alrighty. Concerned that she has not seen any of her own kind for quite some time, she decides to leave her home and the safety of her enchanted woods in search of her kind. This is the last unicorn. Last unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Oh, it's, it's like the brave little toaster. <laughs> So Lady Amalthea? Yeah. Nice. I'm giving you both a point for that since you did know the name. The Brave Little Toaster. (laughs) (laughs) The Brave Little Toaster is such an underrated movie. It is. Blanket is my favorite character of anything anywhere ever. Blanket's so good. I like the furnace too. He's terrifying. I think I I identify with vacuum as an adult. (laughs) Vacuum stressed me out. Because, like, the idea of him running on all that grass and vacuuming it up, it stressed me out so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're fucked up now. Yeah. Like, stop doing it. Yeah. You just described an andalite. Yep. <laughs> running on all that grass. But, like, uh-huh. but getting no nourishment from it. Yeah. Vacuum has to empty it out manually. Andalite, yeah. <laughs> empty it naturally. <laughs> vacuum poops manually. Yeah. That's what I got from that. Yeah. You have to poop your own vacuum, Tim. That's how it works. It's true. You do have to poop your own vacuum. <laughs> That's like one of those like, oh, crap. I don't even know how to describe it. Those stupid bumper stickers that say like accountants do it. And then like some In like the sheets. adverb. Yeah. 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 It's like vacuums do it manually. <laughs> I've never seen Alpha Alex look so disappointed in all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointment is not equivalent to the disassociation that was doing. All right. Are you guys ready for horse number two? Yes. I hope so. Horse number two is the royal steed of a princess and her best friend and companion. Sun chaser? <laughs> nope. Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> I uh, mean, look, it might not be the horse that we're talking about, but it is a horse that fits that that description. There's so many. I you there's no way. Okay. She is also the girlfriend of a dog and sometimes follows that dog and his best friend on their adventures. I beg your pardon? Yeah. This is an animal farm thing I again. I said it. I said <laughs> it. It's an animal it's... farm. No. The girlfriend of a dog. The underdog? No. No, his girlfriend was also a dog. That's true. Yeah. She was a reporter dog. Yeah. But she was still a dog. Babe. Okay, yeah, give me give me another clue. Give me another okay. clue. She only speaks in Korean and only speaks English when equipped with a universal translator device. Lady Rainicorn. Yep. What is I don't even know what that's from. What just It's from Adventure Time. Oh, oh my goodness. I I have not watched Adventure Time. It will surprise no one. Yeah, she exclusively speaks in Korean, and if you ever translate some of the stuff she says, it's like, ah, that's how they got it past censors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. I'm doing so well when they're not real. <laughs> I mean, we've also established Seabiscuit is a hoax, and that's my favorite thing <laughs> that's come out of this quiz. Seabiscuit. 
And when they are real, I'll just move them to not real. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I'll know things. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Horse number three. (laughs) Horse number three is the main antagonist of the season one premiere of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Season three? (laughs) Yeah. She's the the, the changeling one. The one with like... You can give me either of her names. I literally only know like... I can draw her, and I don't remember what her name is. It's, she said she was a changeling, so I'm gonna go with Antia the Shifter. <laughs> she's like, she's like the Kelpie one, right? Like the one that's got that's like black and has like the seaweed mane and pretends to be the princess. Um, My little Kelpie just never caught on like it say should have. Seaweed though. mane, no. Seahorse mane. It's sea a mane, mane of seahorses. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I need it. No, literally, I I need that. Like in yeah, I need it. In like popsick style, I need that. But that's because I'm I'm thinking about the right one, right? Like I don't that was season three. It's definitely not sea themed. Well, no, she's not sea themed. It's just the the Amalthea. No. <laughs> Good try, Raina, Raina Corn. I'm just no. saying out words I've heard Alex say a minute ago. So, Horse Guardian. <laughs> Not Iman. She is the adoptive aunt of Princess Candace and the sister of Princess Celestia. Wait, are we? We're not talking about Nightmare Moon. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I thought that she was the main antagonist of like the first episode. That doesn't matter. I'm thinking of another unicorn then. But yeah, uh, that's going to be Nightmare Moon. Or also Princess Luna. Yep. Yep. This this was the this was the Alpha Alex episode. Yeah. Yeah, so. was, like, yeah. Like, I knew when I was writing those down, I was like, she's going to get all of these and it's going to be great. I literally, when you started, when this last question dropped and you were on the trail, I was like, if we end up going to Google, I'm literally just not going to Google because Alex deserves this <laughs> shit. <laughs> I do want to see My Little Kelpie, though. Yeah, My Little Kelpie sounds great. Yeah. It just murders its little owners. Yeah. It just eats them. Just a little. It's just, it's a unicorn dressed in a Riddler outfit. (laughs) Riddle riddle me this. (laughs) Riddle me fish. Riddle me this, Twilight Sparkle. (laughs) Actually, I do love that. I love My Little Pony Batman villains. A little My Little Pony Bane with this little I, mask. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> cute. I have already proven that if you mix My Little Pony with anything, I will buy it. Mm-hmm. So get me, get me them Batmans. Why is this a Neopet? <laughs> Wait, I thought Neopets were the Tamagotchis. Are Neopets not Tamagotchis? Mm-mm. No, they are very different. Are they? Mm-hmm. Neopets is still a thing. I know. By the way. I've that fucking kills me. Since 2020, when you wrote your X-Men Valinor fanfiction. Yeah, I needed to log into Neopets to get some inspiration when I just couldn't (laughs) write my Wolverine fanfic anymore. Hold on, what is a Neopet? Because I thought a Neopet was like a little keychain that you kept with you. No, that's the Tamagotchi. That's the Tamagotchi. Yeah, I thought it was like the same thing. The Neopet is is the website that's run by that weird religious cult uh, that has all like the... Oh, let me me show you. You might... Isn't it run by the Church of Scientology? Yeah, I think so. It's run by Shen Yun, the Chinese nope. horse circus? Nope. There's no horses in Shen Yun. Scott said so. Scott told me. 
Why would you believe him? <laughs> Name one thing he's been right about ever. Ways to get Alex fired up at nothing. <laughs> That's not right, though. That's me. He's very good at that. He is very good at that. <laughs> you had to feed them omelets to keep them alive. Or soup. Or soup. Or I berries. Mine, or soup. I would feed mine omelets. You could also waste your money on food, but, yeah. but for the most part, you wanted to do things like buy paintbrushes. Yeah, obviously. To get your shoyru's cool colors. These look like fairies. The fairies no. run the different parts of the world. I was the battle fairy one year for Halloween. Oh, that's the coolest that's fucking thing I've ever heard. The battle fairy? Yeah, there's a because ba- you can have your Neopets fight like Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And since fairies run everything, there's like the soup kitchen fairy. There's the battle fairy. There's like a, a fairy for each element. Um, I think there's an omelet fairy. Yeah, she lives in the the cave, in the dinosaur area. Who is the fairy with the bat wings? Oh, she's like the dark fairy. Yeah, dark fairy land. She does the bubbly stuff, the dark bubbly cauldron stuff. There was though. There was like a Neopets portable player though, right? Because I feel like I had one. I think I it know. had the little thing, like the thing. It had a lid on it that I, lifted up. Not not a lid, but that like, might be what I was thinking of, like, like a Polly Pocket thing. Yeah, kind of, yeah, but, like, with a little screen on it. The little, like, tiger handheld games was kind of what I was thinking of. Man, if I could remember my Neopets login. I bet it's, like, your most simplest password that you ever had. So just, like, type in, like... I super didn't have those, and I don't even have access to that email address anymore, so... That's, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna start a Neopets. Do it. I think you'll be I so don't. obsessed with it within a week. You'll be telling us all about your Neopets. <laughs> yeah. This is why How many Neo points he has. You won't be able to go on vacation because you don't know if they have Wi-Fi. And you got to feed them. Otherwise, they go to the pound. You got to. Oh, my gosh. Giving your friends your password so that they could feed your <laughs> Neopets. Oh, I never trusted anyone like that. I did, and it was terrible. Actually, I'm going to start a new one called Nomi Pets. And you're just going to have gnomes. It's just gnomes. Yeah. Jesus, there's so many now. OG Neopets. Oh no, I love him. I like this one. <laughs> so this is this is what Alex is going to be. She's going to be playing Neopets and watching Jewel Riders or well, whatever. Writing it was. her <laughs> denial about Seabiscuit to publish <laughs> her blog. <laughs> there's oh one God. just named Lenny. To on our yeah, live journal. I remember Lenny. And there's Bruce. I remember having loop. I remember loops were like really big with like Edge Lord kids. Mm-hmm. Garl. Oh, the cow. I forgot about cow. Okay. I remember Poogles. Completely yeah. completely lost the thread here. I'm going to get Alex to do an outro while we're... <laughs> going down the Neopets rabbit hole. Yeah. I'll, I'll be good next episode, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Never. It'll just... Please don't. Never. Don't. Well, as soon as we open the Zoom call, there'll be like an entire bookshelf of Jewel Rider <laughs> toys behind her. <laughs> Speaking of... Awesome unicorn toys. What if we had awesome metal horse toys? We do. There are horses in the barn. Can I tell you guys about them? Can I tell you? Yeah, yeah please do. Okay, cool. Let me tell you about the three that we adopted and how amazing they are. It's Moose Jaw McGraw, Big Thick Martingale, and Beta Ray Philly. And they're rad as fucking hell. They're metal as hell. They're on a shelf already on display, ready to go. But guess what? They're not alone. 
That's right. Because we also have hot lava spaghettios from Nate. Iron Meriden from Philip D. Keating. Dale Donis III from Anonymous Steve. Dime Bag from Matt Alman. Silver Flame from Songheart. And Ronnie from Scott. And he got a medal one this time. You're welcome. You're welcome, Scott. Even though you infuriated me via Tim this episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is is how kind I am. I'm I'm high-fiving Scott in spirit right now. Two of you bully me so. <laughs> you you shattered my dreams of winning that green golf jacket yesterday. <laughs> Today it's this. Anyways, this brings our podcast to an end, similarly to the way that Sugarfoot ended Mrs. Bell. That's right, a classic. Thank you for listening to Horse Girls. If you want to know when new episodes are posted or share your observations of this positively academic podcast, follow us on Facebook at Horse Girls Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Horse Girls Cast. And if you want to buy some radical shirts and things, visit DuckDuckJenna.com, America's most beloved search engine to search for one thing. That's Horse Girls merch. Want to take our relationship to the next level? You know you do. You know you fucking do. You know that this undercurrent of romantic tension is making you want to come to our Patreon and experience that go to horsegirls.club please for the love of god we have a veritable plethora of things to offer you like content but more importantly horses in the barn now is where we talk about where we can find people on other podcasts and i don't want to spread conspiracy theories anymore like the seabiscuit one so (laughs) alpha alex will you please tell me where i can find you uh, if you somehow haven't thought that I've spoken enough on this episode, uh, you can find more times that I say mouth words uh, at the Quid Pro Roll podcast, which is an actual play podcast that I DM that I wrote a very serious campaign about dragons until my players happened. You can find me at at Quid Roll or at Alpha Comic Games. And conveniently, if you find yourself in Richmond, Virginia, I own a comic book shop called Alpha Comics and Games, where you can absolutely come and threaten me with washcloths. <laughs> <laughs> But only if you go, it's warm. <laughs> no, that's actually really scary. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is that because like a lot of people who've listened to this don't know what I look like, they could walk in and just be saying that to someone else <laughs> that just happens to work there, not knowing oh, that no. it's me. I, I love oh, the God. idea of them saying it, not in a threatening way, but in a I'm lost way. Just like, hello, I'm warm. And everybody's like, What? <laughs> It's warm. It's it's. Warm. I said I'm warm, didn't I? That that is. You did weird. say you were warm. That <laughs> you made did. it weird. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till we get to interview Bree about the experience that she has because of this podcast. Oh no, <laughs> poor Bree! They came in with a washcloth. They didn't know what to do. <laughs> I just kept saying it's warm. And I was like, okay. I'm not gonna warn her. Nobody warn her. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I we just became friends on Facebook. The first message I sent to her can't be, "Hey, there's a conspiracy thing about washcloths happening, and you're going to get attacked." And I need to. She's going to think I'm right. out of my mind. So we'll 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 solve that problem first. Anybody that walks in the store, just like, "Are you Alex?" And then if they get a no, then it's okay. No washcloths. Okay, I'd like to buy. Some yeah, a comic things. book. Yes, I would. I would like to patronize your store, like a normal person. <laughs> You know, that's that's normally what people say when they walk into my store. <laughs> Hello, I would like to patronage. <laughs> Is that not how you're supposed to enter stores? You know, <laughs> are you the person to whom I would speak about patroning? <laughs> if patron- I wanted to patron- buy- <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> Just walk in and set money on counter and be like, I'm here to book. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my God.
<sighs> so good. Amazing. That is how Alex enters stores. That's 100% what Alex does. Like, it it has happened. Like, <laughs> this, this is not a thing that hasn't occurred in my life. Like, you know when you walk in, there's, like, no one there. Listen, let me get back to the outro before this <laughs> fucking... Okay, sorry. If you are betwitched by Jenna, check out Jenna's Twitch at twitch.tv slash jennachill with one singular L. And if you take that second L, go put it into Google. Google the second L. Fucking welcome. If you, like me, can't get enough of Tim's beautiful voice, he has voice acted on such podcasts as The Way We Haunt Now, Tunnels, Haunted Hell, House of Horrors, and Horror Shop Radio. Guess what? This is the part where I talk about the podcast that we're on. That's right. Check out the Botch Podcast if you like D&D and also Dungeons and Draken Beams, with which both Jen and I are on. It's amazing. If you like Pokemon, check out Late Starters. Tim and I are on that. It's also amazing. If you like Animorphs, check out Animorphs Anonymous. We're not talking about Animorphs now, but Tim's there, so hey, whatever. Do it. And if you think our episode art is hella cute, that's because it is. And it was created by KCD, who writes and illustrates a webcomic called Beside You, which you can read for free at BesideYouComic.com. May the nuts ever stick to your roof. Shut up! That's it. That's how the episode yep. works. <laughs> Perfect. A plus.